It's so good to be in the house of God. If you agree, just say amen. Amen. It's good to be in church. There truly is no place I'd rather be than in the house of God on a Sunday morning. I'm thankful that you're here, but even more than that, you know who is here that I am thankful for? Jesus. Jesus is in the room, and uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, well, something. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but I just want to pray, and I'm going to pray for two reasons. One, because I want us to honor Jesus. Two, because I'm tired. All right, so I want some strength, all right? I'm just, I'm asking the Lord, God, help me get through this message well, because I'm serious about the first one being boring, okay? So, Lord, we just want to say we welcome you here to the house. It's not our house that we've invited you into. It is your house that you've invited us into. We are simply stewards of this property, Lord, and we want to say we praise you, we bless you, we worship you, we bring you the glory of our entire lives laid down at your feet. Lord, we thank you for the cross of Calvary. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb that was smeared over the doorpost of our heart that we might receive the eternal reward of salvation and paradise with you. Thank you for your love over us, God. You've showered us. There is so much love in the room because of what you've accomplished, Lord, and we say we receive it. Everybody say we receive it. We receive it. it. Fill us up today, Lord. We want to be completely full of your love. We want to be completely full of your glory. We want to be completely full of all that you have prepared to pour out today. In Jesus' name, amen. And then strengthen me, Lord. You know, sometimes you just got to lay hands on yourself. You know what I'm saying? You remember when David, you know, it's nothing nearly that bad, but when he came back from battle and his wife had been kidnapped, nothing that severe has happened to me this morning. But nonetheless, I stir myself up in the Lord. Sometimes you just got to lay, lay hands on yourself and say, Spirit, I speak to you in Jesus' name. I speak strength and might. Amen. Some of you got, you're welcome to steal that. If you'd like, how many of you guys have heard of power poses? You ever heard about that? Like when you're about to do something like significant, you just stand in this pose right here for a long time. <laughs> have you seen that? I do that. Sometimes people think I'm worshiping like really like hardcore and I'm just power posing it up. I'm like, I'm about to preach. I'm awesome. I'm going to do a great job. <laughs> you know? And then sometimes people see me jumping like, man, he's in the spirit today. I'm like, nope, just trying to wake up. Like, (laughs) my kid woke me up five times last night. (laughs) Just trying to awaken the organs. No, so how many of you guys were here last week? Okay, so we kicked off a theme, a sermon theme, all right? I'm very hesitant to say it's a sermon series because I don't know how long it's going to go. Nate, I talked to Nate, Pastor Nate from Reading yesterday. Uh, I told him, bro, preach on whatever you want. Bring a prophetic word to us. We are open to receive you. You're a brother in the house. Whatever you bring, we're here for it. And uh, harvest season is what God has spoken to me, that the theme of, it's not fall yet, okay? So chill on the pumpkin spice lattes. Don't put pumpkins out on your porch yet, all right? It's not that time. But in the spirit, it is always harvest season. Do you believe that? In the spirit, there is always a field that you are situated in with an abundance of blessing that comes to you from God. Not on the basis of your behavior, but on the basis of his glorious grace, right? There is always something that you can 
look around and say, I am thankful. I am grateful. God has produced. God has blessed me. God has sent me and placed me in a, in, in a you know, my boundaries have fallen in pleasant places, the psalmist said, you know. I, I am surrounded by blessing if I will just recognize it, if I will just see it. And, um, and when I was, I was doing a prayer walk and God said, I want you to talk about harvest. And I was like, oh, evangelism. You know, because that's what I think about when I think about harvest. I'm like, evangelism, this is going to make everybody so uncomfortable. It's going to be great, you know. And uh, he said, no, no, harvest. It's always harvest time. So I started thinking about all of the times throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, that agricultural illustrations are provided as principles to teach us about the kingdom of God. Do you guys notice this? Like all throughout the Bible, there is these agricultural illustrations. And for the, the reason for that is because we're studying a book that was written by Jewish people in an agrarian society, okay? They were a farming culture. And so it's natural that they looked at the natural and they used that to illustrate stories and, and tell of principles as they mirrored the spirit, the kingdom of God, right? And so that's what they were doing. It's kind of like Jesus gave a parable. It's an illustration. It's a story that, that helps us to understand that might be, might be, something might be a little bit more difficult, like principles of the kingdom of God. And when we read the Bible, we recognize all throughout the Old and the New Testament, there is these agricultural illustrations. And so I thought I would spend the next, you know, four or five Sundays just diving into different illustrations that the text gives us and just trying to learn more about what they mean. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. Is that too weird? No. You guys ready to learn? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to teach. This is not going to be a preach, all right? So if you want me to like go in today, it may not happen, okay? I'm, but I'm going to teach today. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to teach you guys about a phrase that I hated to hear as a kid. It's this. <laughs> You reap what you sow. <laughs> Anybody else hate to hear that as a kid? I hated to hear that as a kid. Um, so the sermon today is called Five Laws, and I'm going to give you five laws from the Bible about reaping, sowing, sowing, and reaping. You guys ready for it? Okay. So before I dive in, where does this phrase come from? Is this a catchphrase? Is this a motto? Is this a slogan? No, it comes to us from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Let's read it together. Do not reap. This is really where we get that slogan, you will reap what you sow. Now, I remember hearing this scripture paraphrased in our house all the time, right? Mom, by mom, right? Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap? And since, you know, I want to make my mom proud, I'm going to read to you guys a follow-up scripture that she would remind me of that connects to this context, okay? So let's go back to Numbers 32. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. You remember that, Spence? Your sin will always find you out. <laughs> We hated to hear that growing up, didn't we? And mom would always remind us of that because if we were being naughty or getting in trouble and she would remind us, she'd say, hey, remember, you know, rebellion is the same as witchcraft. You better do what I tell you to do because if you're sneaking around, your sin will always find you out. And you're like, mom, leave me alone. You reap what you sow. <laughs> 
It's true. Like, I, you know, I have a praying Pentecostal mama, okay? And so she was not going to lay down and take things lightly that she recognized was sin in my life and would hold me back from my purpose. So some of you guys know this story, but I'm, I'm going to give you a story about my mom and about reaping and sowing, okay? So when I was about 16, 17 years old, I moved out of our house. Unfortunately, I was lost. I was a terrible person. Some of you guys know my testimony. And uh, I was living in a house with no hot water with my friends, still doing high school. I mean, I was in rebellion. I'll be honest. I was in straight up rebellion. And in that, uh, some of you guys have heard this story before, but in that season, I got bit by this spider. I told it on Thursday and and I I was reminded of it. And I was like, I'm going to tell that story on Sunday. So I got bit by this spider in the stomach. And at first I thought it was like a pimple or something. And so I like kept popping it. I know it's gross. And, uh, and it didn't go away. I was like, dude, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital, man. Like, I'm messed up, like for real, for real. And I think I got bit by a spider and so I didn't have any health insurance. I was living on my own. So who do you call? Mama, right? No matter how far you are from the family, you can always pick up your phone and call your mama. But if you have a mom like me, you may not want to talk to her because whenever she picked up, I said, mom, I need you to take me to the hospital. I got bit by a spider. You know what she said? You reap what you sow. It's true, man. Your sin will find you out. You know, that would be something that that she would say. And so we went to the doctor, you know, and uh, we go in there. We're talking to the the doctor. He says, yep, that's true. You got bit by a spider. You know, I'm going to give you a shot in your stomach. But here's the thing. It may not take effect until after you leave because that's how like local anesthesia, anesthetic, is that, how you, is that how you say it? That's how it works. And so um, I said, okay, well, that sucks, you know? And uh, he said, listen, before I give you the shot, I'm going to get five other nurses to come in here and hold you down because it's probably going to hurt you when we cut your stomach. Right? It's pretty bad, right? So, um, so I'm laying there, and uh, all the nurses leave the room, you know. They're getting ready to gang up on me, and the doctor leaves the room, and, and I'm laying there in the bed nervous, and my mom comes over, looks, looks over at me right there, and she looks at me in the eye. She says, how long are you going to run, Jonah? <laughs> you reap what you sow. Your sin is going to find you out, boy. That's real. It's done out of love. Somebody told me after, they said, man, I'm afraid of your mom. Like the stories you tell about your mom, I'm scared of her. No, it was done. It was always done in love. It was always done in love. She loved me. But she would always remind me of this principle, of this law, of this, of this truth. And, and really what it is, guys, it's not just a principle. It's not just a good bumper sticker. It's not just a good slogan. Here's what it is. It's a law. Everybody say it's a law. You reap what you sow. This is a law. And it's not a law of the land. It's not a political law. It's a law that comes to us from the word of God. And so you know what's different about a law of the land and a law from the word of God is that a law from the word of God is eternal. It will always, always, always affect every single human being, saved or lost, right? It will always affect humanity for forever, regardless of location. It is a supernatural law that supersedes the laws of men. It is a law that is spiritual. And you reap what you sow affects and applies to each and every one of us. Everybody say, that's me. 
it affects all of us. Now, we know this law, at least in theory, but oftentimes we think of it like it's karma, right? How many of you guys know, hashtag instant karma. YouTube, instant karma compilations, right? I don't know if you've ever watched those before, kind of entertaining. But, um, you know, karma is not real. You guys do know that, right? Karma's not real. Like a lot of Christians talk about karma, you know, karma, karma, this and that, but karma is not real, okay? I want to remind you guys of that reality. So karma comes to us actually from, it's a Hindu phrase, right? And it's, it's, it's built on the basis of reincarnation. So karma is not true. Can I get an amen on that? Karma is not true, right? Uh, karma says like, based upon how you lived your previous life will determine your lot in your current life. Meaning, if you were a really bad person in your previous life, you might be a doorknob in your next one. Karma, right? It's completely different. Maybe, hey, you were a really awesome dog in your previous life. Now you're this, right? Karma is not real. Sowing and reaping is very different than karma. And thank God it is because my future is not determined by my yesterdays. My future is determined by Jesus' grace. So don't think of sowing and reaping as being the same thing as karma, okay? It is different than that. Sowing and reaping is a law that comes to us from the Bible, which is, uh, which is from the Word of God, amen? amen? From the Word of God. And uh, it's, it's unique to me that we as a generation, we acknowledge this law. We're like, yeah, 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 sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. Yeah, I know about that. But what's interesting is that while we acknowledge the law, we never acknowledge, we rarely acknowledge the seeds that we're sowing. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying? It's like, oh yeah, that law is real, that law is real. But then whenever our harvest, our harvest shows up, we act really surprised. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh yeah, I know, yeah, so you, you reap what you sow, you reap what you sow. Okay, are you mindful of the seeds that you're sowing? Wow. Like, are you, let me ask you a real question. Are you currently mindful of the real seeds that you're really sowing? Because if you don't like the harvest that you're getting in this life right now, you need to think back and, and think about the seeds that you're currently sowing. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting because, um, you know, I meet with people all the time for coffee or lunches or do phone calls or FaceTimes. And it's interesting to me how surprised we get when our harvest shows up. Yeah. What? I can't believe I'm in debt. Really? Because you got five maxed out credit cards. Like you've been sowing those seeds, so how are you surprised when the harvest shows up? What? I just went and did my physical. The doctor said I'm severely unhealthy. You're surprised by that? Because you drink no water and exclusively eat Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? Uh, my wife said our marriage is unhealthy. Can you believe that? Well, you guys haven't had a date night in like three months and you never talk about anything that's actually really going on in your heart. You're not connected. So are you really shocked when the harvest shows up? It's interesting. We're aware of the law, but so often we're unaware of the seeds that we're sowing. And when our harvest shows up, we act surprised. So even though we know about this law, I think it's important for all of us to get a better understanding of this law so that we can really be mindful of the seeds that we are in fact sowing. You are sowing a seed today. Whether you know it or not, you are sowing a seed. You're sowing a seed by being in church. You're sowing a seed into fulfilling community and friendship in your life. You're sowing, a, you're sowing a seed into your relationship with Jesus by saying, God, what is important to your heart is important to mine. 
right? You're sowing seeds. And guess what? At some point in the future, you are going to reap a reward and receive a harvest. Now, I want to give you guys five laws in regards to sowing and reaping. Five laws. Maybe you wouldn't have thought about them like this, but I'm going to give you guys five laws. You ready for them? Okay, number one is this. We must sow to reap. Everybody say must. must. We must sow to reap. It is important that we become more passionate about the seeds that we're sowing. It is important that we become more intentional about the actions that we're taking so that what we're doing today can connect to the God dreams we have about tomorrow. If you are planning on having an amazing future with the Lord, you have to consider the seeds that you're currently sowing with the Lord. I talked about this last week, but it's so funny how romantic we get about the future and how optimistic we are about the future. Everything's going to work out just fine. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have all these things. All these things are going to go my way. What are you doing today? Nothing. Right? So if you want a big harvest, you got to sow big seed. Amen? Let me read you guys the scripture. Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground. How do you do that? For it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. Write this down if you're taking notes. Sowing the right seed starts with seeking the right person. If you want to ensure that you're sowing good seed into your life, then here's how you can discipline yourself to sow well. Break up the fallow ground of your heart. Break up your hard-heartedness. Let God love away the calluses on your heart by seeking him daily and continually so that you can be sure that the actions you're consecutively taking are truly sowing into the future harvest that you desire and that's been prophesied over you and that you're aware of in the spirit, right? And so it starts with seeking God, asking him, God, break up the hard-heartedness, break up the fallow ground in my life because when we seek God, we sow rightly. That's, that's the only way to guarantee that you're sowing rightly is by seeking God. You guys know Matthew 6 and 33, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. When you're seeking God, you'll sow rightly, which means that you'll reap what you need and not just what you deserve. Right? Because what we need is even the more, right? We must sow to reap. That means you will not reap if you do not sow. Can I say it like this? Stop being lazy. Dang. And you know if the shoe fits, right? You know if you've been sluggish and apathetic on your purpose. You know if you haven't been putting seed in the ground. Seek the Lord and let him break up the soil. Seek the Lord and get him, get, let him give you fresh energy. Seek the Lord and let him put the passion of Todd in you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Seek the Lord, man. Sow some good seed. Look at your neighbor and say, put something in the soil. If you've been waiting around for a good time to sow, can I tell you now is the time. 
If you've been waiting around to, you know, apologize to that person, ask that person to forgive you, if you've been waiting around to, you know, help that neighbor out, if you've been waiting around to serve, if you've been waiting around to become generous, if you've been waiting around to step out and do the thing that God's been speaking to you about for a few years, do it. Today's the day. Like, consider yourself pushed out of the nest. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, point two. If you sow, you will, everybody say will, Reap. See, on the first one, I put the emphasis on must. We must sow. I want you to get a passion about sowing. Secondly, if you sow, you will reap. Everybody say guaranteed. 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 If you put something in the soil, it is a guarantee that you're going to reap a reward. 10 times out of 10. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. Guess who said that? Jesus. That means we know it will, it will come to pass. It comes from the Lord. He says, with the measure that you use, it will be measured back from you. This is a law. Don't forget the law of sowing and reaping is not just like, oh, it's a good thing to say. Like it truly is a spiritual, supernatural law. If you sow, you will reap guaranteed. That means if you don't sow, don't expect to reap. Now, this is an interesting problem that we're having as a generation. We love to reap, but we can't stand to sow. Right? We love it. Let me get that harvest, man. Let me get that level up. Let me get that blessing. Hashtag bless. Let me get that reward. But I ain't going to put no seed in the ground. Not until you give me my reward first. Well, that's not how it works in the kingdom. You know, we got it upside down and backwards. It's like, are you going to sow a seed? that's going to enable you to reap a reward? Or are you just going to come to the table and demand a meal without putting putting any work in? You know what I'm saying? Because I can't go to Wells Fargo today and demand that they give me 10K. You know why? Because I don't have an account there. You know what I'm saying? But we as a generation are constantly going to people like, I demand this blessing right now. Give me a harvest. Give me a reward. Give me that. And they're like, you don't, sir. You don't even have an account with us. How are you trying to make a withdrawal when you've never even made a deposit? And you could be like, yo, but listen, I need. Well, see, the law of sowing and reaping is not connected to your need. Oh, sir, I hear you. They're talking through the glass at you, the teller. I hear you, sir. Yeah, you got a need. But see, that need is not going to enable me to get a harvest out of this bank here and give it over to you. Your need is not what's going to bring you your harvest. I'm going to shout myself down. That was good. That was good. Your harvest is not going to come on the basis of your need. Somebody needs to tweet that. Your harvest is not going to come on the basis of your need. Your harvest is going to come on the basis of your seed. There it was. That was the tweet. That was it. Somebody's got to document that. Please tweet me. I need that. That came from the Holy Spirit. It's real revelation. Amen. If you sow, you will reap. If you don't sow, don't expect to reap. Right? All right, number three. You will reap. (laughs) Hey, I thought it was good. You tag me. You will reap what you sow. Everybody say what? What? The type of seed determines the type of harvest. 
The type of seed determines the type of harvest. Let me read Galatians 6, 7, and 8 again. Do not be deceived. God is not to be mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh... See, look, it's, it's distinguishing the type of seed that I sow. Am I sowing my action in selfish ambition? Am I sowing my action in greed? Am I sowing my action on the basis of what I want? I don't care what God said or spoken. I don't care. I'm not submitting. I'm sowing to the flesh. You know how you're going to reap? To the flesh, right? But what does it say? It says, but if you sow, uh, one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap it tells you what will happen if you sow to the flesh. It actually gives you the fruit. It says corruption. Yeah. Corruption. Wow. So, so doing it your own way and sowing seed your own way and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm putting things in the soil because I want this. What's going to happen? What's the fruit? Corruption. Wow. But if you're sowing seed in the spirit, I'm seeking the Lord. He's busting up the follow ground of my heart. I'm in love. I'm humble. I'm going low. I'm listening. I'm not expecting a harvest without putting any seed in the ground. I'm sowing to the spirit. What's coming up? Eternal life. Yeah. Yes. A gratifying life. A satisfying existence. Yeah. A fulfilled way of life. Sowing seeds to the spirit. If what we sow is bad, here's what we're going to get. Bad. If what we sow is good, here's what we're going to get. Good. I mean, I know that sounds overly simple, but it's so interesting how we expect good harvest to come from bad seed. I expect everybody to be nice to me, but I'm mean. I expect everybody to open up the door for me, but I don't open up the door for anybody else. I expect other people to be praying for me, but I don't pray for anybody else. You see what I'm saying? You know, so we have a word for that. Here's what it's called. Entitlement. <laughs> I'm going to sow bad seed into the soil here. Like you, some of us just need to go to work and tell our boss this. Look, I'm sowing all kinds of bad seed, but I expect you to bless me. I expect a promotion. I'm going to have a nasty attitude. I'm going to show up late. I ain't going to iron my uniform, but I expect you to bless me because my world revolves around me. And I think that everything should work on the basis of my preferences. Right? That's called entitlement. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you like three sub points to entitlement. Okay, it's this. Okay, I expect a big harvest sowing little seed. Or no, how about this? I expect a good harvest sowing bad seed, and I expect a big harvest sowing little seed. Or I expect a big harvest. And how about this for entitlement? I sow no seed. I don't even give you a little bit of energy. I give you nothing. And I expect, man, the world should just bless me because I'm obsessed with me. All I do is take pictures of me. You know, that's all I do. They have a word for that too. That's called narcissism, right? And we have people who truly think that they are owed a harvest and they're sowing no seed and they're demanding that you bless them without putting anything in the ground. It's so interesting to me because 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. If you wanna have a lot of friends, show yourself friendly to a lot of people. Right? Easy. Based upon the type of seed, it will determine the type of harvest. Amen. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to have like awesome community, who are you doing awesome community with? Yeah. 
How are you putting seed in the ground? Man, I want to have an awesome church experience. What are you doing to make the church better? Oh, I got too real. Just, just, for, just for a real pastoral moment right here. You know how many people that I get to talk to who are like, man, the church just didn't meet my needs. I'm out. I'm looking for a different style. I'm like, you haven't been here for a month. You haven't put a seed in the ground yet. You're, you're expecting church to be this bountiful harvest. It's like a buffet of harvest. Let us just cater to you. You know, like that Destiny's Child song. Like you really think like that's what church is about to be. Like we're going to have a foot massage station set up in here for you. Like I demand harvest. Come on. <laughs> Who are you, bro? This is Jesus that we're meeting for, not for you. <laughs> I demand you appoint me to leadership. Therefore, the word of the Lord is, I was a prophet at my old church. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to build your old church. Amen. You left there. Why would we build that here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pastoral moment over. <laughs> right? That's the funniest thing about being a pastor, man. Anyways, dude. Hey, all authority hinges upon one thing. You guys ready for it? Trust. Next scripture. <laughs> Luke 19 and 20. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid it away in a handkerchief. I didn't sow it. I didn't put it anywhere. I, I didn't sow anything into the soil. And I was afraid of you because you were a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. That right there is entitlement. I am expecting a harvest and yet I'm gonna take what you get, give me and bury it. And like, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna sow it. I'm gonna hide it. Right? God has blessed each and every one of us with gifts. He's given us a pocket full of seeds that we are to sow into the kingdom of God. Don't let them die in your pocket. Don't use them for your own personal consumption. God wants to do more through your life than feed you. He wants to feed a city. He wants to feed your neighborhood. He wants to feed the generation. He wants to feed your university. Don't think that a lack of sowing is just going to affect your harvest. It affects our harvest. It affects the harvest of the generation. It affects the harvest of your family. It's time to sow. Tell the person next to you, say, it's time to sow. Now, listen, I want to give you guys one other thing. Because, I look, I was praying for you this week. I was praying for you this morning. I was praying for you right here. And I, I, was, I was saying, God, we seek you for you. Like, let everything else fall by the wayside. Let us go after you. If you're not into that, like, I'm just sorry. I'm praying that for you. So, you know, I'm just believing for transformation. But I was praying over you this week, and, uh, and I, as I was thinking about all the, like, the sowing and the reaping stuff, and, uh, and the Lord said, I want, you to, I want you to tell people, tell people something. I want you to remind them of the parable of the tares and the wheat. Yes. You guys remember that? Yep. The parable of the tares and the wheat? Yeah. So what do you do when you sow good soil, or good seed? What do you do when you sow good seed, but you get bad harvest? Track with me here for just a minute. Some of you guys have been in seasons and situations in your life where you gave it your all. Yeah. Like you gave good seed, yes. but you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. 
Track with me just for a second. Like, you were like, man, I'm pouring my life. I'm pouring my passion. I'm pouring my blood, sweat, and tears. I've been obedient to the Lord. God told me to plant here. God told me to sow here. God told me to give my life here. But then, boom, it's harvest season. What comes up? Not what you wanted. Not what you expected. Not what you needed. What are all these tares? I was expecting wheat. I sowed good soil. Why are the tares here? And I felt like the Lord brought this up to me in prayer this week because he wanted to impress upon some people here that you need to go back and you need to revisit some harvest fields that you've planted in the past. There was a reward there for you to reap and you stepped away prematurely out of disappointment. But you need to look back and you need to remember that growth happened there. Growth happened there. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted. Maybe you got what you needed. Maybe you didn't get the harvest that you expected, but maybe you got the harvest God wanted for you. What if that was the case? Because just because tares come up doesn't mean a harvest is not available. See, everybody wants a harvest. They don't want any tares. But here's the thing. The tares come up with the wheat. Whenever it's time to harvest and time to reap the reward, it's also time to do something else. You know what it is? Sort it out. Harvest season is not just a reaping season. Harvest season is a sorting season. You have to take the things that, are, that, that, that didn't serve you well. You have to take the things that you could have been disappointed by. You have to take the things that could have upset you and caused you to become bitter. And you have to say, man, I'm sorting that out. I'm going to burn that in the fire. I'm not going to hold on to any offense that I could have incurred on my way to reaping the harvest that God had for me. I'm not going to hold on to any bitterness. I'm not going to put people in the prison of my heart and say, I'm never going to forgive them. I'm going to let all that stuff go because those are tares and I'm going to sort this harvest out. I don't need any of that stuff. It didn't serve me well. It didn't help me well. It ain't going to feed me. It ain't going to feed nobody else. So I let it go. I repent. But the harvest, I'm not going to step away from my field because of momentary discouragement. I'm going to sort things out and I'm going to thank God for the good because there is something good here and I am growing here and I have something to be grateful for and I have something to rejoice over look you know what when when you see the presence of tares in your life you should start rejoicing because that means your harvest is right if there's no tares in your life then your seeds premature put something in the soil let it grow let it go seek the Lord ask God to water it get in the presence of the Holy Spirit in a supernatural incubator get in the local church the church is an incubator Right? Let the seed germinate and begin to sprout and grow and get around other people who know how to till the soil of their heart to say, man, this is fruitful. Fruitfulness has happened in your life. I know it's not everything you expected. There's a few little things God wants to pluck out and pull away, and I know it's going to be a little bit painful, but you're still going to get harvest. Sort it out. Look at the person next to you say, sort it out. Sort it out. You need to sort it out. All right, I got two more points. They're going to be fast, all right? Here's the fourth point. Ignorance of what you're sowing won't keep you from reaping. Ignorance of what you're sowing won't keep you from reaping. You don't have to know to sow, all right? Now, I used to do this a lot as a teenager. I'd be like, I don't, la, 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 la. You know, dumb and dumber in the van, la, 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 la. Can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. You get la, 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 la. Right? <laughs> right? Anytime somebody read the Bible, 
La, 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 la. I don't want to be responsible for what I'm hearing. No thanks. I don't want to hear the word of the Lord because I do not want to be held accountable. I'd rather plead the fifth. I'd rather be ignorant. Look, ignorance of what you're sowing won't keep you from reaping. It is a spiritual law. You can try to pretend you don't know. Oh, I didn't know I was sowing to the flesh. You're still gonna reap from the flesh. You're gonna reap exactly what the Bible tells you because it's not on the basis of your awareness. It is on the basis of God's word. And this is a spiritual law. You are gonna reap what you sow. Did anybody else ever do this as a kid? I don't want to hear no Bible stories. I don't want to be in church. I don't want to hear nobody praying because I don't want to be held responsible for what I hear. Right? Hey, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. That is every single human being, whether saved or not saved. It's all of creation. Sometimes I think we look at unbelievers and we're like, if this is true, God, and we truly reap what we sow, why are they so blessed? Because I'm sowing to the Spirit and I don't seem to be that blessed. Well, I can tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 45. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So regardless of how blessed somebody may appear to be, we're all gonna become we're all gonna come before the judgment seat of Christ one day. And the law of sowing and reaping will come into effect. Some of us pretend that we don't know what we're that we don't know what we're doing when we're doing wrong. But listen, you pretending that you don't know what you're doing wrong doesn't absolve you of sin. And just because you're transparent about it when we confront you doesn't absolve you of sin. Just because you're vulnerable when we call you out doesn't absolve you of sin. I feel though for some people, they kind of take vulnerability as confession. Listen, just because you tell me something's going on in your world that is no fun doesn't absolve you of sin. Like that's a great start. Share with a brother, share with a sister, share with a leader. We can pray together, but here's what you need to do. Repent and turn from your sin. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are getting this. You know how often I meet with people and they're like, and I'm like, dude, I see this going on. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable. You're like, okay, don't do it anymore. And they do the exact same thing next week. It's not the vulnerability, yeah. right, that matters. It's the repentance, yeah. right? And so that's what I'm getting at here, guys, is that there are certain times, yeah, we may sin. We may not know what we're doing, but as soon as that's brought into the light, our responsibility is then to repent, not just to brothers and sisters, but to God. Look at Proverbs 28 and 13. It says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Just confessing, just confessing, that's the start, that's not the finish. That's the appetizer, not the entree, right? Repentance is not only changing like what you have to say, it's changing your behavior. It's saying, I'm doing a 180, I'm walking away from that. I'm gonna forsake that, that's where I obtain mercy. That's where even though I sowed to the flesh, I'm now reaping from the spirit. Not on the basis of me changing my behavior, but on the basis of God's grace empowering me to change my behavior and now me getting something more than what I deserved. 
which connects to point five. Point five is this. You will reap more. Everybody say more. More More than you sow. Now, this is good news and bad news, you know. In Hosea chapter eight, verse seven, it says, for they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. You know, and I, I think that's such an interesting statement made by Hosea because, you know, a whirlwind, let's call that a cyclone, a hurricane, a tornado, you know, they all start the same way. They start small. It's just a little thing. It's just a little compromise. It's just a little movement. It's just a little change of behavior. But what happens? Over time, it picks up momentum and eventually becomes destructive. Why am I saying this to you guys? It's because I don't care how old you are. I don't want you one day to either reach your deathbed or have a midlife crisis or, you know, just in five years, say, man, why didn't I change my ways? Why didn't I stop sowing the seed that I know God challenged me and told me to walk away from? Why didn't I change my ways? Like, be mindful of the fact that, you know, you're going to reap more. You guys with me? Now, I don't just mean this in a negative context, in the context of sin. I think it's severe. I think it's important for us to update ourselves that this is a law. Is is the finish too heavy? Should it have been more encouraging? Okay, because like, because here's the thing. But in the kingdom, by grace, you might sow what you have, but then reap what you need. You're gonna sow more. You may sow your little lunch, but then five thousand people get fed. (laughs) You know, you may sow your little life, and then a generation hears about Jesus. You may, you may sow your time. Hey, man, I'm gonna serve on Welcome Home, you know, two Sundays a month. You may, you may sow your time and your smile, your handshake, your hug may be the encouragement that somebody needed to step in here and to receive Jesus and then to see their life transformed. Then their family's life gets transformed. Then their lineage gets transformed. And then you got people shaking your hand in heaven saying, thank you for smiling at my great, 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 great grandmother that one time on Sunday morning. You didn't know this because you died long before I was born, but their lineage was blessed because of your sacrifice and seed. So see, you just never know who you're affecting or impacting. We're never going to know till we get there. But here's the thing. Whatever seed we sow, guess what's going to come back? More. More. I mean, I, don't, I can't tell you how it works, man. Tithing, you know, if you track, and I have friends who track, and I'm talking like they're kind of nerdy, and they track every little dollar that they tithe and everything. Uh, my friend, Alan Jones at, at, uh, at Grace Center, man, he was like, the last time I talked to him, he's like, I'm up like 60% this year. That's how it works in God's economy. You know, it's like you give what you have, what does God give back? More. There's a harvest of more. It's not magic. It's grace. Amen. Remember this. It's not magic. It's grace. When you got something good going on in your life, you got to tell a friend, it ain't magic. It's grace. When, you, know what I'm, you know what I mean? I'm going to start doing that when I get a parking spot. It ain't magic. It's grace. I'm going to start doing that when I find some designer clothing on sale. It ain't magic. It's grace. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's grace, because I get back more. I get back more. This is good news, guys. Are you not as hype about this as I am? I get back more, and that's a good thing. 
so let's look one more time at Galatians chapter six as the worship team is coming. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. I'm gonna read the whole thing this time. For one who sows to his own flesh will reap, uh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. Everybody say sowing. Let us not grow weary of sowing for in due season we will reap if, everybody say if, we do not give up. Just because you don't see your harvest in this season doesn't mean your harvest isn't on its way. Don't stop sowing seed. Don't stop sowing seed. Look at the person next to you. Keep my cadence. Don't stop sowing seed. Look them in the eye till it's weird. Don't stop sowing seed. Now give them a high five. Say, don't stop sowing seed. Let's go. <laughs> don't <laughs> this is going to be a kid's program before we know it. It's not magic. I like that. It's not magic. God gives us more than we've sown, and God gives us more than we deserve. Thank God for it. Amen. Thank God that our tomorrow is not defined by our yesterday. Thank God that I don't live in accordance with karma, that I'm not trying to figure out who I was in my previous life, but that I know I've been birthed of the Spirit by God himself that I come from God and I'm headed towards God, that I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, that means I have the seed of God, the life of God, and there is an abundance of fruit that's gonna come up on every single thing that I touch because I live governed by a supernatural law of the government of God. It's better than the law of the land. It's better than anything man could offer me. It ain't magic. It's grace. Y'all kind of fell off there. It's, it ain't magic. It's grace. Come on, let's stand up. We're going to pray. I, I, I do. I got to be honest. I, I felt the prayers. I felt strengthened. I know it was your prayers and those three cups of coffee that I slammed before this sermon. You know, do what you got to do. But here's, here's the truth. Guys, we've put some seed in the ground today. I can already feel it in the spirit. Some of you guys have shifted some ways of your thinking. You've already had ideas. It's almost like, it's almost like I just sense it in the spirit. It's almost like you guys are just having ideas. Like, oh man, I can do this. I can do that. Put some seed in the soil today. Don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do right now today. Don't think about maybe one day. No, what can you do right now? Maybe one day I'll get it. No, what can you do today? How, How can you put seed in the ground today? Listen, there's something I've learned and it says, there's always enough grace to get done what needs to get done today. All the seed that you need to sow today, listen, let me tell you something. There is enough grace for you to put the seed in the ground that's supposed to go in the ground today. Give us this day our daily bread. So, you know, just reach into our pocket, boom, there it is. Seed. You know what's interesting is that there's one scripture, I didn't include it here, but it says that God supplies seed to the sower. Have you guys ever read that? You know what that means? People who are constantly sowing are constantly receiving more seed. I think God loves sowers. He loves sowers. He's like, man, anybody who's sowing, I'm gonna provide with more seed. But people who are just holding and hoarding, I'm not gonna give them any seed because they're stingy. 
Lord, right now, we just thank you for being so good to us. If you guys don't mind, just close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're in here today and you literally need to sow your life as a seed, if you're lost and far from God, would you just lift your hand right now? I'm not trying to embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. But if you need to get saved, like if you legitimately this morning are far from God and you need to come home and get saved, would you just lift your hand? Awesome. I don't see any hands lifted up. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you guys to bring your lost friends. All right? Bring your lost friends, somebody who needs to receive Jesus. And Lord, for those of us that are redeemed today here in the house, Lord, direct us on where to sow. We expect a harvest. We expect a harvest. We expect a harvest. We expect a harvest. Everybody say, I expect a harvest. I expect a harvest. (laughs) We expect a harvest.